Hope Through Exile is a new podcast that desires to provide a different message from what is present in modern society. True hope can only be found in Jesus. As part of that hope, we as Christians must be exiled from the world's way and believe that through Jesus, we now are citizens of heaven. This citizenship is guaranteed because Christ has already proclaimed victory. Hey, I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And we are Hope Through Exile. Matt, we're here. Yeah. We are here, man. I know it. I know it. Episode eight. Right. That's the final season right here. Final episode of the first season. What did I say? Final season. Final season? Yeah. Ew. (laughs) Hopefully not. How are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently uh, a little tongue twisted. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm ready to talk about some, uh, some good subjects here. Yeah. I'm not going to stump you. As I promised last week, I'm not going to stump you. That's good. Yeah. So That's I'm all, good. We're all we're all good. We're prepared. All right. So rolling right into topics, as promised, and I didn't change them on you. So. Thank you very much. Yeah. We're. I mean, I'm not going to throw a topic about drafts in the middle of this draft, like NFL. No drafts. Well, giraffes. Drafts. Yeah. Oh. Like long, oh. long-necked, big animals with orange <laughs> spots, mostly yellow. Dude, my, live in my, Africa. Daughter loves the giraffes at the zoo. It's like her favorite animal. It's the cutest thing in the world. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My well, kids love the giraffes when they're younger. Yeah, she loves to feed them. She'll feed them. She, she, she goes, here, go. Yeah, feed they, them lettuce. They got some awesome. really long tongues, don't they? Yeah. It freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. I'm right there with you. You know what else freaks me out? All right. Off top. Well, we're Sorry. talking about giraffes. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> well, this happened to me yesterday. It just it's It's been on my mind. I work in an elementary school, right? And mm-hmm. I, I constantly getting freaked out scared all the time because i'm in there by myself i'm i'm a janitor right second shift i'm in there by myself all the time so i have my headphones in so i just get startled easy not that i'm scared to be by myself alone i'll never hear the end of that one but (laughs) i I get startled real easy so yesterday i didn't know anybody was left in the building and uh i'm getting on an elevator and at the same time somebody was coming up on the elevator and i didn't know it so i got my headphones in and i'm listening to to whatever i forget at the time and a teacher starts coming off the elevator as I'm walking on. And I about jump through the roof. And let me, this is why. I know people laugh about that. But the, seriously, if you were to ask any teacher at the school I work at, they would all tell you a story about how they scared me. And, and they, they laugh about it all the time. But here's why. Everybody laughs and thinks that's funny. But I've seen that movie. The janitor always, always. gets killed first. Always, always. dies. Every time. So, no. Like, my first instant, you got to catch me. I'm going to take off running. <laughs> right. And, you know what I mean? You're always on your guard. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I understand now. Yes. I'm so, sorry for laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, from giraffes to my daughter feeding them to me getting scared at the school I work at, I don't know. That's the way my brain works. It all rolls on into uh, the hypocrisy argument. It really does. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> because i'm a christian i should not fear so and, yeah and i fear so yeah. i'm a hypocrite I, this is this is why this is why you're the preacher <laughs> a hypocritical preacher no uh <laughs> that i have no idea out. where this is going yeah. <laughs> that is awful i'm glad you shared that with me matt i feel closer to you uh the no the topics today we're, we're going to talk about the hypocrisy argument Okay. Um, that, that argument, because I mean, realistically, if we thought about it, I laugh at the story of you 
jump in because somebody startled you. My daughter just startled me the other day. She was hiding behind the door. It was like, boo. And I was like, boo. She's like, I scared you, Daniel. Like, no, you didn't. No, 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 you didn't. Oh, and then I got to go change my pants. <laughs> but I mean, in, in some aspect, in some way, we are all hypocrites. Right. That's, that's how it is. What's interesting is the fact that Christians tend to think that because I am a Christian, I then therefore need to be perfect. There's a lot of Christians that feel this way. And I mean, even when I was being raised as a Christian from like around 10 and on, different churches we'd gone to, different mentors and people that we had, we'd gone through different phases of, oh, you you can't have anything that resembles or, or reflects uh, sin. So, I mean, it was like, my dad and this this is what killed me. My dad throughout all his records, all his like eighties, seventies, eighties records, because it was like this is all sinful music. I mean, you're talking about like Queen, Def Leppard, Thin Lizzy, like all these albums, vinyls, gone. Cause it was like this is sin. Now, I, I can't say that personal conviction might have been, but what I am saying is like this concept or this this idea of like you have to be completely separated from all sin and that anything outside of what people perceive as sin is actually sin. You know, this is common misconception, especially amongst Christians. What was it? I mean, you've kind of lived both lives here. Like you've had the the experience of non-Christian life for, for a good amount of time. And then you've, you're now in the Christian life and you've had a good, healthy portion of that. Do you see a contrast or, or similarities in these perspectives of what the hypocrisy is in this, these sin? So before I got saved, and actually when I got saved, I was under the impression that even coming to Jesus, I was never going to be able to sin again or else I wouldn't walking well I wouldn't be a Christian anymore that was before I knew anything right. ab- about Jesus and and I just stepped out in faith accepted what the the preacher Billy Graham had said and and I didn't need to know everything to come to Christ I just needed to know he died for me and accepted it and then I learned as I went so here here's the way it works in our lives when we accept Jesus and accept what he did for us we're putting our faith in him and that moment we become justified which is a legal term, meaning we're completely free of sin. You can take it to mean just as if I'd never sinned. That's what justified can mean. So this process you might also know as justification. And at that moment, we're free and clear in in God's eyes. We are spotless and blameless and innocent. And then as we go along in our walk, we go through a process called sanctification. And, And that is becoming more and more like Christ as we walk with him. Yeah. That's not going to be perfect. You know, we talk about specific levels of Christianity and where you're supposed to be as far as your walk with Christ. You know, we're not just talking about sin either. We're not just talking about, uh, well, you shouldn't sin this way or that way. We're also talking about how holy you talked about sanctification you know, how holy are you? What does that mean to be holy? Are you speaking in tongues? If you're not, how holy are you? 
if you're not uh, reading your Bible every day, how holy are you? If you're not, I mean, there's these different levels, these different expectations. And it's like, there is hypocrisy there. There's straight up hypocrisy there. Because I know, I know for a fact that they are just as broken as I am. And that if, if an emergency happened, they woke up one day and they got up, started making breakfast, chopped their finger off. They're going straight to the hospital. They're not going to sit there and put their finger together, open up the Bible, start reading and speaking in tongues and hoping that their finger comes together. No, they're going to the hospital. That's what they're going to do. Right. So, I mean, in reality, like, I, I can imagine where you're coming from on this perspective. I mean, here you are. You've lived both lives. You've lived the non-Christian life. You live the Christian life, and you're doing it very successfully. I mean, you're about, you're about to come a minister. We've talked to this several times over. I, I think I keep teasing you about this. <laughs> and, it's all good. It and weirds your, me your out perspective sometimes. Is, yeah, your, your perspective is just so interesting. And I wonder, like, this hypocrisy, this this level of where we're like, you've got to be this. Where Christians get this? Why do we hold ourselves to this standard? Well, here's the thing. There is an idea, and a lot of it comes from our brothers and sisters. A lot of this Christians will, will say this, and people aren't Christians say this too. They will call it, you've heard, you've heard the term greasy grace. Greasy grace. Yes. It's, oh, just, it's a new one to me. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it because grace is a beautiful thing given to us by God. But people will say that if you are not perfect and live in the way that they would say that you need to live, then you're slipping by and pulling the grace card on everything. Like, well, I, I can be a ah, the grace I, card. Yes. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, so I can do this and get by with it. I didn't know and, Christians had a card. I really didn't. It's yeah. <laughs> awesome. And here's the thing we need to get is we are completely 100% saved by grace. Yeah. Absolutely. All God's grace. And somewhere along the line, people have lost this idea, and they, they think that because you know that you are saved by grace, that you don't take sin serious. And that's mm. not the case. It shouldn't be. No, absolutely. Yeah, right. right. It shouldn't be in, in, in nobody's life. Because if you know the sacrifice that was made to rescue you from that sin, you are not going to want to go out and sin constantly. You're not going to say, oh, yeah, Jesus died for this. So I'm going to go out and, and do this because I can. Well, I think, I think I'm getting your point here. Like the greasy grace thing. Uh, you don't want to just pull the whole grace card, which I didn't even know existed. That's awesome. <laughs> but there's this idea that people are just using the grace card to use it for any anything whatsoever they want to use it for. Right. But right. that's not necessarily the case if you understand the true depth of what Jesus did. Yes. Yes. Like you can agree that you're saved by grace and that God saved you through his, his blood and still wake up trying to fight a war against a sin in your life. Yeah. You know, you could take sin serious, which you should. Jesus died for that. You, we need to war against that. War against the flesh, war against the enemy. And it is. Yeah, yeah. But it's never, ever going to be perfect. In fact, the Bible says that it's not going to be perfect. The Bible says if you say there's no sin in you, then you're a liar. Paul, the Apostle Paul, yeah. one, of, one of the best writers in there, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. 
most yeah. of it actually. Right. He says, I, what is it? he says, I do what I, I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. Right. That's and kind of a shorter version of that. But that I love that. Yes. Because I mean that I'm like, dang, Paul. <laughs> are you spying on me man right because that's right. exactly what i'm doing yeah i kind of take issue with paul in that in that um passage because he says that he's the worst of the sinners and uh i just i read that i'm like you've never met me dude <laughs> you know <laughs> because i i think i've got got some on him but uh yeah but it's it's refreshing the way he writes because this dude yeah. had an encounter with jesus and he learned from jesus and he wrote the letters in the, the New Testament, 13, I think he wrote of the, yeah, of the New there's, Testament. Yeah, there's a lot. And some of those he wrote from jail, which is just some of the most inspiring books in the Bible were written from jail, which yep. is just crazy. Yep. It's just crazy. I'm reading through Second Corinthians right now. It's really good. Yeah. If you haven't read it yet, read it. <laughs> it's good. Especially where you're about to be a minister. I strongly encourage <laughs> Here you. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Bible itself testifies you're not going to get this perfect. And when you acknowledge that is, is just more reason to look to Jesus, to run to him. And, and that's, that's where we differ from worldly wisdom on a lot of things, because when Mm. we get in trouble, we don't run away from the problem as Christians. We're supposed to run to our father and say, I messed up. This is tough. Help me, redeem me, show me, show me the right way, put me back on the right path. And that's a refreshing thing that God is always there waiting for us to just say, yeah. I messed up. I need your help. I need you to, to, and who brings us back? And and that's a beautiful thing, but it's never going to be perfect ever. It's, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a walk. This podcast is being sponsored by hope has risen. Hope has risen is a drug recovery ministry where Jesus hope and recovery can coexist. We are committed to meeting people right where they are whether they are seeking recovery or are family members of those in active addiction. If you or someone you know is seeking recovery or just wants to become a part of our community, visit hopehasrisen.org or on Facebook at Hope Has Risen. Thanks for Hope Has Risen for supporting this podcast. It's never going to be perfect, ever. No. It's, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a walk. It's funny that you admit that. Admitting that, okay, life is a struggle. The Christian walk, the Christian faith is a struggle. And we have to constantly die to ourselves and have to constantly go back to God and look for his grace to cover us over and over again. I think that it's really interesting, the perspective that you put it at, especially where now I'm going to kind of go outside of Christian culture, but it's really not that far. It's really not that far because I even see it creeping up on Christian culture and that's cancel culture. Mm. Right. Mm. And that that's a completely different message. It says, if you've done anything in your past, said anything, been associated with anything that could have possibly offended anybody, then that is ultimately and always a part of you. Right. And how much different is that message than what you just said? Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I saw a, uh, he was the number one draft pick. I forget if it was major leagues or NFL, but um, he had been signed. And I, I wish I could remember who this, who this was. But they went and looked into his past 
and they found something that he said on Twitter, and they were calling for him to be NFL. Is that what it was? Yeah, they were calling. I can't remember who it was, but I I know the story. They they were calling for him to be boycotted, sending letters, and trying to just get to ruin him. They said he should never ever play again. And then, and I was reading this, and I was in disbelief at this part. But then you you keep reading, and he had written that when he was twelve years old. Twelve. Twelve. That's as old as my kids are now, dude. Like, seriously, if if there was stuff from when I was twelve that. I'm so glad there's not. Let's put yep. it that way. Same here. Because I would, nobody would ever talk to me again. I said some stupid stuff when I was 12 yep. years old. I'm so glad I did not have Facebook and Twitter. I say dumb stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I but, know. <laughs> yeah, and Jenny's probably at home saying, amen, you do. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I am so right there with you. But so what cancel culture says is is no matter what you if you've done anything that we don't agree with and it doesn't matter if you come out and say you're sorry i shouldn't have said that i'm a different person now it doesn't matter they say you're done we want nothing to do with you anymore you're you're canceled and the gospel says the complete opposite jesus says i know everything you've done furthermore i know everything you've thought of doing i know it all i see the deepest darkest parts of your heart and yeah. i'm ready to just wipe it away and forgive it all never forget never remember it again ever and it's such a contrast it's the exact opposite yep. of what this culture believes and it's so refreshing and so amazing that he continually offers that that you can do this or say that and and jesus says yeah it's it's gone i died and and paid for it and you've been redeemed it's never there as i'll never ever mention it again i'm not going to rub it in your face you're not going to cancel you in fact if you just call by my name i'll exalt you you know what I mean? Right. Jesus says, you just humble yourself and say, yeah, I'm broken. I need you. Then it says, if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. So you mentioned, you know, just even saying, I'm sorry, doesn't even work with cancel culture. So repentance, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I've turned from my ways, uh, that kind of concept. I think just to elaborate on that, the I'm sorry in cancel culture, it's not that it doesn't work. It ignites the rage that is behind cancel culture. It's like it's like adding a log to the fire. Like for whatever reason, just saying I'm sorry for the fact that, you know, if you admit and say, okay, yeah, you know what? I did do that 57 years ago. I apologize. You know, it was a different culture back then. Things were accepted different. It was just a different time. But I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it then. It wouldn't have been accepted now. It just ignites them. Oh, I can't believe he apologized. What kind of hypocrite apologizes for this stuff? <laughs> and, and it just seems like it, it, it makes it worse if right. you apologize. And that is in such complete contrast to Christianity. Yeah. Where we're like, if you repent, if you turn from your sin, you know, if you humble yourself, all the characteristics of admit to being wrong, admit that you need help, admit all this stuff, right. be honest, and accept God into your life, then these are the characteristics of being able to be free from it. And it boggles my mind that culture today is just such an opposition, yeah, yeah. just complete opposition of that. The thing that I think we have to remember, though, in all of this, is we're all sinners. Whether we're on that side of 
cancel culture, which reminds us that we're sinners, or whether we're on the side of Christianity, which also reminds us that we're sinners. It's weird, but there's two different ways that we're being reminded that we're sinners. Absolutely. And there's two totally different outcomes. Yeah. So being a Christian, I know that in my life, I've experienced the love that is behind my sin being revealed mm. and how powerful that love is. Right. I've been in some experiences where cancel culture has been so destructive and I've seen it and I've even experienced just a small bit of it. And thank God his grace was sufficient enough to pull me out of that and rescue me before it got in anywhere out of control. I've seen how destructive it can be. Right. And it's, it's just amazing how the difference, it's like you're a sinner. You're either caught up in your sins this way through like the world's view, or you're caught up in your sins this way through God's view. Which one do you want to be in? Yeah. It's like around Christmas, I'm going to hand you one of two things, a present or a hot coal. Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being that high of a pedestal that a lot of celebrities and um, athletes are at right now and and having to walk that line. We can come out here if we wanted to, wouldn't have any pressure to say anything because, I mean, people are like, we're going to cancel you. Cancel me from what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're if you're okay. a celebrity, then, like, they literally can ruin your life. They like, can. the masses can ruin your life, and, and okay. they have to watch everything they do. And I think I, this is just an opinion. It's not biblical, just something I think. I think that there is a revival coming, and I think God is going to use this kind of cancel culture to help facilitate it and bring it on. Because I think people are going to get so fed up and sick of not being able to to live their life without judgment from the world yeah. that what God has to offer is going to be that much bigger in their eyes. You know what I mean? Right. Once they realize, like, I don't have to live under this pressure anymore. I can be completely forgiven because once, once you're living with God as your best friend and you know how you are in his eyes and what he thinks of you and that you're walking with him, what the world thinks doesn't matter. You know what I mean? That weight is just gone. Like who cares? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think that uh, a revival is needed. A revival is definitely needed. I could easily see it, man. Yeah, I, I believe it's coming. I really do. I really do. I believe a, a revival is coming like we've never seen before. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. I pray that it happens. We yeah, need it. Uh, we definitely day. need it. Well, Matt, with that, I think it's been a great season. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially this, you know, this being our first season and all. Man, we've had some great conversations and some awesome guests. Yes. Yeah. Man. So... And then I, I have to thank you. You've put up with so many of my horrible jokes, most of it geared towards your ministry, but really, honestly, I've got a lot of respect for you, man. I mean, we heard, we heard from Brian and, and just how much work it takes to be a pastor, and the Bible speaks a lot to those that uh, are in that role of being a pastor and how much responsibility there is to those that are in that role. But I've, I've got tons of respect for you, man, and I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me and just really have a conversation on these subjects. I definitely appreciate it, man. I'm not there yet, but I am, uh, I'm working towards it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. 
a lot of work, but I know God will lead me through it in the best way possible. And yeah, listening to your jokes has been a sanctification process for me. And that <laughs> that little laughter that I have, I've, I've been learning to, to make it more realistic. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, man. It's getting no. me back. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's always, dude. Like, we have these conversations so much off the air. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, uh, we yeah. both get so much out of them. Just talking about Jesus and his love for us is just an amazing thing. So thank you for being my boy and coming on and doing this together, dude. This, it's an adventure. and uh, My pleasure. Yeah, it's been an awesome season. Been an awesome season. To all of you that are listening out there, really appreciate your support and listening and take it to heart to everything that we're saying. I really appreciate all of that. This would not be possible if it was not for those that have donated to this, our sponsors, and all of you listeners in support of us, our wife and family. Matt, you know, I know you probably want to say something to Jenny, maybe. No. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for is that the only listener I have is Jenny? Thanks probably to thank you to my two listeners, Jenny and my mom. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, thank you to both of you. Mom for giving me life and Jenny for being love um in a real way, being Jesus in a real way. Yeah. And uh you're amazing. I love you, babe. All right, man. Well, I am Dave. I'm Matt. And we are Hope Through Exile and We Hope to see you all next season. Thanks for joining us for the Hope Through Exile podcast. Hope Through Exile is made possible by the generous support of Hope Has Risen Recovery Ministry. Find out more about their mission and get involved at hopehasrisen.org. The Shine FM Podcast Network.